Hey everybody, it's your old pal the Moo Cow here, and um, we kind of got a little bit of an odd uh, introduction for this particular podcast episode. So it turns out the movie that we were watching was actually on a old, 40-year-old VHS tape, which is uh, rather quickly dying. So in between when we were watching the movie, it pretty much just died. But as it turned out, the version of the film that we were watching, somebody had managed to upload onto YouTube. We don't really have very good internet capabilities at the studio, unfortunately. So just Jen said, hey, we can get it over at my office. So we decided to just pack up out of the studio and go to the office and listen to the movie and do our podcast there. Unfortunately, we have never recorded there before, and it turned out that the sound quality, the echo, was really, really bad. So after we came back and I listened to the beginning, you know, all I heard was the normal introduction. It was fine. But all the podcasts that had been recorded over at the other site had this horrific, absolutely horrific room echo. It was it was so bad that it pretty much ruined the podcast. And we really did not have the time or the desire to come back and re-record it. So I tried to do what I could to mitigate the echo. And I really wasn't getting very far. And I found this AI software online that removed most of it. I mean, you can still hear a little bit of it on there. But for the most part, it got rid of like 90 to 95%, which was awesome. The problem is that it's like 500 bucks, which we don't have the moolah for that sort of a thing. But they did have a freeware version or a trial version, which is what I used. The only problem is, of course, since it's a trial version, they added little beeps scattered throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I went back in there and tried to get rid of some of the beeps. And I got rid of a few, but for the most part, there are beeps all over this particular podcast. And for that, I apologize. But... Trust me, even a beeping episode is much better than the horrible room echoey episode that was there before. So this is probably going to be known as our infamous beep episode, just so that you understand. It's hopefully never going to happen again. But in any event, that's the reason why there are beeps scattered all over this particular episode. So any cow, I, I hope you can still manage to enjoy the episode. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we have a Patreon. So if you feel like being generous and donating a buck or whatever you want to throw in our direction, we'd gladly take it so that we could upgrade our recording and software and all that good stuff. But um, anyway, in the meantime, on to the episode and uh, we will catch you on the flip side. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your old pal, the Moo Cow, and I'm here with... Jonathan A. Moody. Outstanding. And we are joined by... You should not encourage him like that. I do all the time. It's Just Jen. The grumbling Just Jen. Although I am, I am happy I'm here for a new episode. If I was here for an old episode, it would have been an issue. There you go. There you uh, go. Yep, a new episode. It's a we new, we the old ones for Putron. It's a new episode <laughs> for an old movie, and it's going to be a little different this time because this is an old movie that was picked up by Rhino, and they did, they did kind of a um, thing where they took out some of the dialogue and put in their new dialogue, put in new music, and it's called Rock and Roll Wrestling Women versus the Aztec Mummy. The original movie was Wrestling Women versus the Aztec Mummy. And it's, you know, it's a fun... So they just add the rock and roll. Right. Is there any more rock and roll added to it? Yes. Okay. And they, yeah, it was sort of like a, a traditional wrestling movie from the 60s Are in Mexico. Are you talking like Elvis rock and roll kind no, of? No, no, no. We're talking Johnny Legend rock and roll, which is much cooler in my opinion. So, okay. yeah, he added in the music... <laughs> which is a lot of fun, silly wrestling theme songs, and they added in some dialogue, and it's cute. It, 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 they didn't go too crazy with it. It's, this isn't like, um, oh, what's the movie that Woody Allen made? That, uh, oh, What's Up, Tiger? Ty- right, where he completely took out everything and re- put in that new stuff. Have you seen that, Jen? No. It's fun. It's, it's interesting. He took a Japanese uh, you know, hard-boiled detective movie and replaced the entire dialogue and everything. 
and they just With did his it all own jokes. Woody Allen jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. This they took out. They left in, I'd say, seventy-five percent to eighty percent of the film, and they just added in some stuff later what is, on. What is which with is you nice. and, and movies that like do that? Like you <laughs> like that? It's like, a fun experiment. You like like um, <laughs> you know what's that guy's name? The Hulk, Gabriel. You love this oh, stuff. Oh yeah, well. And he does that too. He takes. He does it, but know. he does it, you know, ineptly. Oh, you said this is not enough. <laughs> no, no, no. This okay. is this actually works. And James L. Edwards, when we were talking to him the other night, I told him what we were watching, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I saw that. That was a lot of fun." So yeah. Yeah, so. you, you gotta you gotta give James L. Edwards. <laughs> I know our trust is a no. little shaky. Get shaky. <laughs> okay, that's one way shaky of putting is an it. Understatement but I think you're gonna like this film, and it should be a lot of fun. So, <laughs> all right, and we will be back after some. Mood music. music. I almost forgot to squeak the monkey. All right, so we are back. Back. And um, rock and roll wrestling women versus the Aztec mummy. What did you guys think? It was a um, wrestling women movie. Yes, it was. Hmm. It was interesting. <laughs> Not well, a lot of point to the Aztec mummy. No, no, no. Yeah, but, that's why I said it's a wrestling. I didn't say it was an Aztec mummy movie. No. I mean, I love how the fate of the world rests on two wrestling matches between the wrestling women and these weird judo ladies. Although I think they only fought them once. They they look like different people that they were fighting in the second unnecessary match that they threw in towards the end for no reason to pad the movie out, I guess. I, I, don't, I, I think they just showed them doing the same ones. Yeah, just, it looked like you know, it was the same wrestling match. They just probably shot two two versions and then just was planning to use one and then just like, ah. Yeah, so clearly this is a, an ab, you know, abridged version of the original film with extra music added in and occasionally, <laughs> occasionally weird dialogue tossed in for the hell of it. So, Mr. Moody, can you talk about the plot of this film? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I did the plot. Okay. Uh, let's see. You guys are going to probably have to help me with this. Uh, so, there's these, uh, I, I guess, these archaeologists who have stumbled across a uh, some treasure and whatnot, and they have, like, the coordinates written down. And both sides, both people have coordinates. There's two different people. There's this uh, black uh, dragon group who oh, have he's, it. He's been whacking the archaeologists. They're the ones who are getting tossed out of the cars like trash. Right. And so they are being, so they're trying to get the other half of the coordinates to get it. And so when they finally meet up, you know, it takes a little bit of time. You see like a wrestling match and you hear some music. Then you go to, uh, them, them, you know, basically this man comes to the wrestling woman and says, look, I I need your help. And, you know, um, rather than going to the police, rather than going <laughs> to the police, which would have been smart. I thought it was the police following them originally. Nope. It was the Black Dragon group. So they go and this guy who was inside the wrestling match watching the rest, or I guess, whatever, when it was over went around the back, found a window that happens to have where the people are, and shot a dagger to the guy's back while he was trying like to... A, it was like a poison needle or something. Was it? Was it? I thought it was a dagger, yeah, but like it could... Like a blow dart. A blow dart. dart. Yeah. And shot him to the back, and the guy falls down and dies, or whatever. Uh, and then they're like, oh no, the black dragon's after us. So... Because who else could it possibly be? So later, the black dragon guy is making... Two random, his sisters, he calls them sisters, uh, in, who are also wrestling women, of course. You judo. Know, ju- judo women. Right. You know, judo women. And he has them um, get hypnotized somehow to do his bidding, which I'm like, that's kind of fucked up to do to your sisters, but all right. You know, and I guess they volunteered. It didn't seem like they were under any duress. Mm-hmm. So they end up going and... Uh, and he's... The Black Dragon is like, who was that that guy from the 30s and 40s and 50s? The Peter Lorre? Yeah, but what's the character that he plays? Like Mr. something or other. Mr. Moto. It was Mr. Moto. It was uh, whatever that character was. That's that's who this Black Dragon is is modeled on. Basically, he's, yeah. he's Peter Lorre. You know, and he kind of villain, short villain. 
character with a mustache with a mustache <laughs> um so then he goes and says to the people like look uh well no there's there's a little bit more with uh them running around and they find uh uh, oh, oh! The Black Dragon apparently has them all videotaped. Of course, they do. In security, but it's a videotape that is so like a camera that's so high tech that in 1960s, I don't believe, would be this high tech where it's just following the people around whenever they walk. You know, better than their actual cameras. And and just to be clear, while the original movie was released, I think, and that was 1962. Um, this is the Rhino re-release in 1986. So right. The VHS version. So, so he ends up uh, finding out, I guess, the location. It's like uh, room 13 or whatever is where they're going to be. So they go and they set something up. And instead of, and they fight for a little bit. Of course and they once, did. A bunch of fights. Once they kind of, you know, all, you know, agree to basically have the two uh, wrestling women versus two judo women. And that's going to decide the fate of the world. Of course. You know. So the, uh, was it? I, I don't, what does the black dragon want with the treasure anyway? Like, What's the treasure? But then the treasure, when they finally get this code together, it's a story. It's your traditional mummy story. Mummy falls in love with a person he's not supposed to gets cursed, all that jazz. And she has a special necklace thing on that tells the, the location of this of the treasure. treasure. Whatever that that's is. That's the last we will hear of the treasure. So it's it's not <laughs> the golden matter. breastplate that's the treasure. The that's what leads them to the treasure. Right. But the treasure doesn't matter after they say the treasure. Right. Exactly. Never that, hears again. Doesn't really, well, it does at the end, sort of, but it doesn't really matter. It's a MacGuffin. It doesn't be, really like, exist. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the archaeologists want with it, you know, or whatever. But also the police, I guess, are involved because, like, they put the guys under arrest. Well, the Black Dragon people were whacking people, and then when they get their hands on the, the breastplate, the mummy gets up and starts whacking people yeah. because he's pissed off. Um, yeah. Although it didn't seem to matter when he got the breastplate back because cowardly Tommy and Charlotte brought it back and um, she gets so frightened that she stands still and allows the mummy to grab her. And Tommy's well, she's like... she's not a wrestling woman. No, so. she's not. <laughs> she's not the wrestling woman. She's the blonde-haired Gidget of the group. Which I don't understand much. why they didn't go to the you know, wrestling women and other people saying, hey, we... Uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna bring this back, you know. I think because everybody in this film, other than the wrestling women, are pretty much incompetent. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the only two who seem to have any clear idea of what's going on. Yeah. So like, Cowardly Tommy leaves or whatever, runs out and leaves poor Charlotte by herself. Mm -hmm. uh, and she gets like, as you were saying before, Jen, like the 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 uh, mummy, you know, fell in love with who he wasn't supposed to fall in love with. I guess falls in love with Charlotte. It's the breastplate I they Yes, he's going to kill her. <laughs> was he? I don't know. I yeah, thought he was going to hand the dagger. Right, yeah. right. And, I, and that's, I don't really understand his motivation. Like I said, he got this stupid plate back. He should be perfectly happy to go. That was, that's what they said, too, right? They said, oh, you know, let's get the, you know, all he wants is this. Let's just get this to right. him, and then we'll be left alone by the, but no. by the mummy. But no, uh, they they leave they leave the stuff that they still comes after them. Oh, and apparently it can turn into a bat and it can turn into a spider. Well, let's be a little clearer. He can turn into a bat, a plastic bat on a string. And a real spider though. They look like a real one. Yeah. You know. And a tarantula. I would not want that thing crawling on me, I'm just saying. Um, but they'd like knock it off and I was like, oh man. But it was funny because, you know, him turning into a bat during the fight didn't really do much for him other than he got like two or three feet away and then he just came back again. And he is he one, one of the slowest monsters in movie history. It just takes forever. Wasn't that also in the other Aztec yes, mummy movie? Yes. So is this the same Aztec mummy? <laughs> yes. Uh, are these the same characters? I think so. Actors and stuff? I think so. So this is the same story as the one you already did before. It's Robot. just 
just changed. Uh, yeah, you know. the other time they had a refrigerator box robot with aluminum. Oh yeah, that's true. Ridiculous looking, <laughs> slow moving thing. Two of the slowest monsters in movie history kind of go. So this is just one. Right, and in that movie, of course, they don't actually have their fight until the last five minutes, so you have to put up with all this other nonsense. It's sort of similar. I mean, this might have been 10 minutes, you know, or whatever till it was over, but it was, it, it waited till the end, which sort of a trope that you see in a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, versus movies, which really annoy me because I'm like, why does it take so long? Like even Freddy versus Jason, Jason and Freddy don't fight till the end. So there's like him whacking off all the kids and the other one killing off all the kids, but that's it. You know, right, I want to put it as whacking them off. You started it. <laughs> I didn't even. But just imagine a film like that where they fight in the first five seconds and then there's nothing else going on. People right. People would leave. Uh, I mean, no, but like the fight happens. Nobody wins at that fight. Later, there's another fight that happens. Nobody wins. But then the final fight, they, nobody wins. Because like, you know, if, if, you, if you do this and you have a lot of talking, 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 that's why like Freddy versus Jason is better kind of thing. Because... It literally has Jason killing off kids well, there, while we're waiting. There were a lot of fights. I mean, we just kind of ran from one fight to another in here. It's just that they didn't have the the fight against the Aztec mummy, and they didn't even really have that towards the end either. I mean, when the idiots weren't really doing much, the two wrestling women go after the mummy with some torches right. to burn his ass, and he, that's when he turns into a bat and then moves three feet away and turns back into a mummy. But that's it. That's the only quote-unquote fight that it's they true. do with them. So, you know. Although he ends up showing up later, and it was one of my favorite things when the bat's like flap, flap, flap in place, and then, he's a mummy again. And then uh, he just happens to appear where the black dragon folks just happen to be there, and they try to shoot him, and that doesn't go well. So then they decide to fisticuff him, and that doesn't go that's well. That's just funny because it's like... One of them's trying for a little bit, and they're like, the other guy gets says, get out of the way, let me try. You know, so it gets to be like this for like and five people, six he people. pushes them to death. Yeah, he just pushes them over. And then he becomes a bat again, and he flaps up to, the, uh, to their window and goes in where everybody's asleep with all the lights on. And just when he's about to do something, we're not really sure what. We thought he was going to kill the girl. He all of a sudden is like, oh, because the sun's coming up. And... Um, that's it for him. He doesn't appear again. But it, for me, that was really weird because it seemed like the scenes were out of order. I think so, definitely. You know, because they were actually studying the breastplate, mm -hmm. cleaning it and stuff like that. Well, wouldn't see, it would make more sense for that being the first appearance of the mummy. Especially considering they've but already... then when they take it back, cause, because Charlotte says when her and what's the cute little guy's name? Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Oh, we need to take it back. He's killing people. Wait, we, he hadn't done anything at that point. <laughs> Tommy is actually one of my favorite characters. They, they get a hat, which is actually supposed to, it, it has a clue. And because he's like, I don't wear a hat. And he says, it must be a bomb or maybe it's a Limburger cheese. Oh. Limburger <laughs> cheese. That part was like weird. But then he was also like listening to it for a clock, you know. Oh, no. It was, that was, that, he was the comedic relief, which. Yes. Thank God it had somebody like that exactly. in this movie because I think I, I think I would have gotten bored after a while. As, you and know, that's kind of the problem with the original movie that even though it made some more sense and huh. there's more stuff going so. on, it's kind of dull. You know, this version highlights all the fighting, all the ridiculous silliness that's going on, and it adds the the fun, although clearly not in the same time period, surfy rock and roll music. Um, but let me talk a little bit about the background. So the original movie was, okay, Wrestling Women versus the Aztec Mummy. It was part of a group of minor movies that came out because wrestling movies were huge in Mexico, especially in the 50s and 60s, and it was usually Santo. Santo was like the big star, and then they had like Blue Demon, and then they had a few others. But there was this sub-genre of female ones. And in fact, there, the, there was one that was called um, She Wolves of the Wrestling Ring. That was the first one that came out. And Gloria Vasquez was Wait, in that. She Wolves? Is it like werewolves or whatever? Well, he was just female saying, oh, werewolves. these are tough girls. Is all it really was. Oh. And it was kind of played for straight, but both Gloria Venus and the Golden Ruby are in there. 
and it became very popular. So they're like, okay, let's build a few movies around them. So they actually made two or three other movies, and Gloria Vasquez is in it. She was in Ship of Monsters. She was in a bunch of others. She was she had a long, long career. As a matter of fact, I believe she still works in um, Mexican TV today. She's she's like kind of like the Mexican Elizabeth Taylor. Um, very famous, very well respected. Was in a ton of movies, and then. The one that I love is The Golden Ruby, played by Elizabeth Campbell. There is not a lot of information about Elizabeth Campbell. She sort of appeared out of nowhere in the 60s and did maybe seven or eight films and then vanished again. I've been unable to find any information about her. But, I, you know, when this was released on VHS, I was 20 years old, and she was a six-foot-tall redhead who could wrestle, so I was immediately smitten. <laughs> So I've been that's trying. That's the girl who played Loretta. Yeah, no, that's when we played the Golden Ruby. Golden Ruby. Okay. So I had been searching out her movies for years, and I finally have. I have like six of them, I think. There are two or three that I don't have. Some of them are just Mexican or Spanish speaking only. But yeah, I have been searching out and searching out her background, and it just by 1970, 71, something like that. She, um, the word is that she moved back to the states and. That's it. I don't know. I would have thought she would have gone into more movies then, but then, you know, they could have gotten the drugs. Maybe she changed her name. It's, did more movies. it's possible. I don't know. I would love to find out. The director is, um, oh gosh, Rene Cardona. Rene Cardona is famous or infamous as being known as the Mexican Ed Wood because <laughs> he has a lot of low budget, crappy movies. And when I say a lot, I mean. Hundreds. I mean, he's very prolific. And his son, uh, Rene Cardona Jr., followed in his footsteps and did a lot of cheesy, silly uh, Mexican movies, too. But, you know, these are, these are Mexican movies. And it, me people don't remember, Mexico, while it didn't put out the kind of movies that Hollywood did, they churned out a ton of movies. Most were low budget. A lot of them were crappy. They actually did a couple of really uh, some really, really good movies, especially some good atmospheric horror movies. Mm -hmm. If you listen to Forgotten Horror Classics, I, uh, I highlighted a couple of the really good Mexican horror movies that were done back in the 60s. There was some really good stuff that they did back then. Um, and it's, it's kind of nice to see them. I think Vinegar Syndrome and a few other places are trying to bring them back. But unfortunately, most of us, especially us gringos here in the United States, when we were getting movies on... Uh, you know, on cable TV, this is the sort of stuff that we would get than all the wrestling movies, all the Santo movies. But it was actually a lot of fun. It just Rene Cardone uh, just has a lot of stinky movies. So he's kind of, like I said, he's kind of known as the as the Mexican Edward. I figured you would like that. Yeah, I love that. Like, But uh, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, some information on IMDb, I guess. The original Wrestling Women um, is on Plex TV. Oh, great. TV. That's great. So you could watch that. Uh, you could watch it without the silly, you know, music and uh, and, and cheesy stuff too. Right. So yeah, because I, I have that one. I have the other movie they made right after this was called Wrestling Women versus the Aztec Ape, um, because ape movies were a big thing in the fifties and sixties too. So they have to. There's more. There's more wrestling. Um, there's a lot of wrestling in these. And like I said, She Wolves in the Wrestling Ring. And I think there's at least one more, but I don't have it. Um, every now and again, if I go to a dirt mall or a you know, farmer's market, sometimes you'll see um, people selling VHS movies. And sometimes you'll get a lot of like uh, Mexican farmers who bring up produce from down south and they'll set up stuff. Sometimes they will have VHS movies for sale. And you would be surprised how many of them are these old VHS movies from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And um, I look, because you never know. It's really hard to find, other than maybe, um, I guess, maybe Amazon. I'm sure there's a Mexican Amazon. There might be stuff on there, too. The problem is, is that if you get it from there, they're almost always going to be in Spanish, which, you know, for someone like myself, that doesn't help. Yeah. But for years, the only way you could get this movie re-released by Rhino, because that's the other thing, Rhino got the rights for this, they re-released it, but in this heavily edited version with all of this rock and roll music that was written by Johnny Legend, 
and performed by people like Big Daddy and a few other people. I think they borrowed some money, some uh, some music from Herschel Gordon Lewis. And they put this out in 1986, which was the height of the VHS era. And that was it. It never made the jump to, to DVD. It never made the jump to Blu-ray. And I actually wrote to Rhino Studios and asked them, because they've been re-releasing things, if they would ever re-release this on CD or DVD or Blu-ray, but they, they said not at this time. Now there is a movie that I see on YouTube that is called Rock and Roll Wrestling Women versus Aztec Ape. Ape. Yeah, that's yeah. the second one. Ape. That's the second one? That looks like that features uh, your buddy uh, yep. uh, Santo or whatever. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it just looks silly, but I was like looking at it going, oh. Honestly, between the two, I prefer the Aztec Mummy, um, but it's also good. Uh, in, in a campy, silly, <laughs> bad movie kind of way. Like it, it's good for your kind of Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But this this is a nice, easy, harmless entry. You know, when I if I have a younger person I want to show a stinky movie to or someone like, uh, like um, Lenore, this is a good, you know, toe, dipping your toe into the waters to sort of give them an introduction. You know, yeah. I could see Mystery Science Theater doing this back when they had the puppets and they were doing all that. This yeah. would be the kind of movie that they would do, yeah. I would uh, think. Yeah, um, I don't know if this would be something that they do. Uh, is the mystery? I don't even know if that's still even going on. Um, I think, like new season. think they're going to do yeah. something, but I don't know exactly what. Yeah, there was a big, there was a big, um, you know, fundraiser, and they ended up getting their money. So I think there's going to be another season. I don't know who's involved at this point. Well, they didn't have to do a crowdfunding for it. Oh man. Yeah, that's bummer. And it's kind of a shame because while I loved having it come back. It wasn't as good. Yeah. It's also not as new. So right. one of the things, you know, when you're bringing things back, it's not going to have the novelty that it did originally. Right. So. right. Yeah, because you're already expecting, you already know what to sort it's, of It's a tough act to follow. It really is. So. Yeah, and you have to figure out their, where their humor lies, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be and Mike's humor. It's not going to be Joel's humor. It's going to be something completely Pat different. Yeah. yeah, so it's, yeah. It's a, I enjoyed it for what it is, but. I like uh, I like Pat. Pat Oswalt's been coming on uh, Red Letter Media. Mm -hmm. Well, loves those, he loves and this kind of stuff. The thing about it is, is that the original Mystery Science Theater, when it was still a Minnesota uh, public access TV, this is the kind of movie that they would have done because it would have been public, public domain, domain. Mm -hmm. right? So it's in the spirit of a Mystery Science Theater movie, and um, yeah, it, it's silly and harmless, and I kind of like the fact that they added in, but you didn't seem to really like the music so much. It was jarring. It was absolutely jarring because you would have these rock and roll songs, and you're looking for a beach, and people in bikinis dancing around ridiculously, and it wasn't there. And then when, you know, the, the music would play during, like, the fight scenes, the chase scenes, mm -hmm. stuff like that, and then during everything else, you had... Is it organ music? I mean, very 1960s horror music. Right, right. right. And then they would jump in the car, and all of a sudden you have beach music. Like, so, and wait. I, I guess <laughs> the other thing I need to point out is that even the version that they had, this is still not the original Spanish or Mexican version. Right. This is the K. Gordon Murray English language translation re-release that came out in the later 60s because K. Gordon Murray was famous for finding cheap Mexican movies and having little extra bits shot on and added, added on. Yeah, he does He does all the crappy movies that the MST did, like the Santa Claus ones and the um, a whole bunch of other ones. He's just known for being cheap, crappy, kiddie movies. This was right up his dark, scary alley, and so... That's the version that the Rhino people got. So, in other words, they're not even going back to the original, original version. This is the heavily already edited version. So, things like that music and some of the bad editing, that's from K. Gordon Murray. So, Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it's, yeah, it's a real melange. It's a very different kind of film than we usually do. We usually would have gone right to the source. And I have that. It's just 
It's a very different experience, and frankly, it's a little more boring. I think this one's kind of fun. It's more fun. I, I enjoyed it. I like the rock and roll wrestling songs, even though they're incongruent with the period, simply because they're silly in and among themselves. Did you hear the lyrics? Yeah. You know, Headlocks and Hard Knocks is one of my favorite songs because it's so silly. And, you know, they're singing about how the girls are going to solve the world's problems with their tag team wrestling championship. Because, of <laughs> course, it is. <laughs> it's just silly. But yeah. fun. Fun, fun and goofy. Uh, I like that the dubbing really did seem to match what they were saying. Kind of sort of. I mean, I was looking and sometimes I was like, wow, it looks like I, I could imagine that that person actually said that. You know, like if I were watching it, I would have been, you know, as a kid, I would have been like, oh, I well, not knowing all this stuff. I'm pretty sure the stuff that most of what Tommy was saying for comic relief was dubbed in by Rhino. And then, like, the one part towards the end where the, the one guy is looking at the, the poster. We already saw this again, but they put it in the yeah. new dialogue. And he's like, it says here the loser's going to have to watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah, the wrestling thing at the end was really thrown in there for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Well, just panic. They have to get it to about an hour, so that's what uh, they did. And they didn't even get it to an hour. No, so, no. You know. That was yeah, a crazy thing. It was only 15 but minutes. That's kind of the other positive thing about this, because imagine if this had been two hours long. Oh, no. No. Yeah. I would. Uh, are, I, are you saying this would have been like David the Rock Nelson bad kind of thing? <laughs> three hours? Bad, bad. But I think the original is only like an hour and 10 minutes, so it's not like it's that much. But clearly there's stuff going on that's important plot-wise that we miss out on. Yeah. But in this movie, does that really matter? I mean, well, it did annoy me because <laughs> at the end, I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. The mummy is going on the rampage, but we haven't seen this rampage. And then afterwards, they're cleaning the breastplate that they took back, but they brought it back. But they wanted, they should have left it there, and they said they should have left. What? Yeah, and then the... that jumping back and forth really annoyed me. And then the very end, it's like, oh, and we'll wrestle again. What? <laughs> of course. Okay, what? And then the mummy just sort of gives up. I guess he's bored and goes back well, to just wandering a... around doing nothing. Stupid role. The black dragon kind of vanishes. Him yeah. and his him his henchman Mayo, the, I, I the evil like, shemp. I did like because we were talking about before, like why. What was the point of of the women getting hypnotized? And I think literally, it was just for that one scene where the women come in and, and take care of the people. You know, I guess because they were hypnotized, they they went and they took. You know, they were they're basically their soldiers. Well, it's not in this version, but in the original version, if I recall correctly, because it's been a while, but if I recall correctly, he uses his omniscient camera to send out his brainwave commands to Charlotte after he's let her go back. Because remember, at one point he's like, go into the room and wait for instructions. Mm -hmm. Well, he contacts her later and basically says, steal their version of the, of the codex. And she rifles through some of their shit and finds it and was supposed to take it back. But then they catch her and they're like, you're sleepwalking. What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. So that's the scene that gets cut out, which would have made a little more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of when we were talking about MST3K, when they did Space Mutiny, and then they did it again in the theaters just a couple of years ago, and they didn't want the... Oh, the live version? The live version, yeah, because the one that they did for TV, they had to cut so much out. Right. There's a lot that just didn't make sense, but you roll with it because you're not really watching it for the plot. And then watching the live version, I was like, okay, so that scene now makes sense. Now I understand why that happened. Mm -hmm. It didn't make the movie better, well, but it did make things make sense. It's interesting you bring so that up because, like this, okay. you know, having seen the original, like I said, it does make the movie make more sense, but it doesn't necessarily make it a better movie yeah. experience. But there are times when that happens. The, probably the biggest uh, one that uh, that I can think of that we saw would have been Hobgoblins. Ah. Hobgoblins on MST3K cut out a lot of stuff, and it just makes it look more ridiculous than that. And then when you went back and watched the real version or the full version, 
it, you're like, okay, this movie isn't nearly as bad as we originally thought it was. I mean, it wasn't great, but it made more sense. And then their cuts kind of was not, were not kind to the film. Yeah. Basically. Well, you had to fit it into that right. TV time slot. Right. Yeah. right, right, right. And that was, that was kind of the problem for that. Yeah. In, this, in this case, I don't know that it necessarily mattered. But, I mean, it would have been too much for me to ask of you guys for me to have said, oh, let's watch both. I'm sure you guys would not have liked that. I mean, no offense, but <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to see it twice, you know. Um, not back to back, you know. Maybe one day I'll, I'll watch this. Maybe we could do it as a Patreon or something like that. Yeah. But I like to show people this version of it just because it's different. It's, it's <laughs> just weird. And I got the impression that this was the first of what could have been a series of movies that Ryder was going to do based on how well it did, I think. If I remember reading notes from way, way, way back in the day when um, Internet Movie Database first came out. But that doesn't seem to have been the case. I think they may have made one other film like this, but I, I don't know what, I don't remember what it was, and I never got it. And... Like I said, this sat on their shelf for years as a VHS-only release, and you can find it on things like Amazon, and every now and again it pops up on um, you know, somebody's thrift store or garage sale, but that's it. It never came out on DVD or anything else. Doesn't... Where did you find it? Oh, I bought it in the store. Back, see. In 1986. <laughs> so we didn't mention this. We, we watched it at the studio for like, I think it give 30 minutes and then it, you know, then the tracking and all that stuff started yeah. messing up and you actually think your, your DVD or your VHS might be dead now, right? Or well, the, the one we initially started on is dead, but we put it in the new one, the, the one that I, I saying your, um, but I think the tape the is tape just about, I mean, that's, that's from 1986. How many VHS tapes last that long? Yeah. In particular one that I know I must have showed people. I mean, that's you know, almost 40 years. Times. Almost 40 years. Right. That's a right. Freaking, yeah, if these things it. dry rot, yeah. you know, it's, it's, so the, the, the miracle that I guess I forgot to mention is somebody uploaded this movie, thank God, the whole complete version of the Rhino re-release onto YouTube. And for years and years and years, I would check just every now and again to see if that were the case and no soap and nobody had it. But finally, somebody did this past April, and we were able to go back and put this onto the, uh, the laptop and watch it off the internet. Yep. So you guys can, out there in, in TV land and podcast land, can go to YouTube, and we'll, we'll put the link down in our write-up, and you guys can check it out for yourself. And, you know, it's not, not even an hour long. So if you're looking for kind of a cute, fun little movie. Something to put on the background. Yeah. Even like, you know, before you go to sleep or something, you know, this is the movie for you. So Moody, talk a little about the wrestling. Because we've done some wrestling movies. We've only... Wrestle Massacre. That was all I can think of. Yeah. And um, well, I had a couple other ones. There really wasn't much wrestling in Wrestle Massacre, though. Oh, there was a little wrestling in Ship of Monsters. Ship of Monsters yeah. had a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit. Um... I, you know, it, I'm not really a wrestling person, you know, so like it doesn't matter to me, you know, like uh, when the people are, are fighting, it's just like, because I mean, it's all supposed to be fake anyway. It seemed pretty tame by today's standards, I would think. I mean, they're doing like, look like they're doing pile drivers and stuff, which I was like, it's, wow. It's all clearly done for show, but it, I, I only bring this up because at one point, the two judo sisters ambush Tommy and the other dude, and they beat the shit out of them. I mean, they're just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, whoa, they didn't do that in the ring. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's Tommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you think of Gloria Venus and the Golden Ruby, the two leads, the wrestling women? Well, I will say for a movie of that time, you know, I'm watching watching them charlotte was the feminine female of the group she right. always had her heels on she always had her skirt on makeup on. Font, three four layers of fit false eyelashes <laughs> every time um but you know i was watching when they were because one of the things i like to do with the old movies is think about the social norms at the time and how things especially mm -hmm. women because that's very obvious how they are portrayed 
you know, the men are almost always in suits, as you pointed out, because mm-hmm. that's what you did. If you weren't in a suit, you weren't dressed at that time. Right. Even to a wrestling performance. Yeah. yeah. You, well, you got dressed up to go out. Doesn't matter why you were going out of the house, you got dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching, like, the wrestling women, when they're going into the Aztec temple pyramid thing, they had pants on. They had flat shoes on. They were actually dressed to go somewhere. Head scarves because you got to protect the hands. Of course. Where Charlotte always had her heels on. So it's kind of interesting to, to watch that. And they were, I mean, you could tell it's probably because they were wrestlers. They weren't the dainty, fainting females. Right. They were going out there. Like I said, they are the they were the most competent characters yeah. in the movie. They were tall. They were they were beautiful. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had such a crush <laughs> on Elizabeth Campbell. Like I said, she was like the the Z grade um, Anne Margaret of her day. Mm-hmm. So yes, I was trying to find all of her movies when I could, and she did at least three that I know of with uh, 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 Gloria Vasquez. So, and she's been in just so many, many movies. Mm-hmm. And she's equally beautiful in her own right and very competent, you know. And, you know, you notice, you know, when they're hitting people, they're not just like, you know, soft lady punches. Mm-hmm. They're decking these people. Yeah, you could tell they had training. They had some training. It's not, yeah. But the fighting did seem very Batman-like. Yeah, we thought there would be some sound effects like that. And there was. Some sound effects, but it wasn't like the yeah. cheesy. The the fighting that was outside of the ring seemed very different from the fighting that was done inside the ring. The the inside the ring stuff was very choreographed and very showy. You know, like you, you noticed the very first fight that they had where they're fighting a couple of short nobodies. The one chubby one is always like beating her chest and, yeah. and putting up her dukes and making a big show of it because that's what you did, especially if you were, quote, unquote, the heel. Uh, uh, you know, in wrestling terms, you know, there's always the white hat and the black hat. And if you were the black hat, you were the heel. So that's one of the things you do is you would try to draw attention to yourself. But also you get the crowd to boo because you're the heel, you're the black hat. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she was doing. And it was just it was just interesting. And, of course, they would be the ones who would cheat. Uh, they would be the ones who, would, if anyone was going to pound the referee, it would be them. And clearly the Judo sisters were that sort of ilk. They were definitely uh, heels or black hats. And uh, Gloria Venus and Gold Ruby were the good guys. And, you know, everybody cheered when they made their, their little new, their moves. And some of the moves were pretty interesting. There was a lot of jumping around and a lot of throwing people and a lot of uh, hip checks. And, you know, it was, it was cute. It was fun. It was a cute little movie. Yeah. I mean, it had, it had moments where I was like, well, you know, I didn't mind watching it, but is this something like I'd watch over and over again like you would? Probably not. Well, like I said, it's it's been a good 10 years since I put this on. A, because I just didn't have a VHS player hooked up to anything, but it was probably the last time that I... You had it 10 years ago, though? Oh, I've had this for years. Yeah, I had, since I'm saying you had a VHS hooked up like 10 years ago. You were able to watch it. Yeah, I, because the one that I had was a combo DVD VHS player, which that's what I used until I got my Blu-ray. And then once I got my Blu-ray player, that was that. Um, because, you know, I have uh, a good 40 or 50 movies left in my VHS collection. I had a huge VHS collection. But once I started turning that into DVDs and then later Blu-rays, I just got rid of most of that. Mm-hmm. All the way down to the last group of stuff that I couldn't find in any other format. Mm-hmm. This is one of those. Um, uh, there are a number of other ones, too, that are just sort of barely hanging on that I'm slowly finding through various sites on the Internet, digital versions of. And every now and again, someone like Vinegar Syndrome will re-release some of these movies. Because there's... There's just a big pile of movies that never made the jump from VHS to uh, DVD. And, um, and that's why I love the fact that Kino Lorber and Vinegar Syndrome and some of these other ones are doing that now, finally. And we're putting them on 4K. Yeah. Funny that they go from like VHS to 4K, you know, mm-hmm. skipping <laughs> all the other formats. Right. But... but here's the thing. I don't know who owns the rights. I presume Rhino still owns the rights to these wrestling women movies if unless they're in public domain i don't know 
Rhino just distributes them, right? They don't produce anything. Well, and usually that's the case, but they're the ones behind this re-release, this special rock and roll version re-release with Johnny Legend. And that's what makes this one special and unique, because usually they just re-release stuff that somebody else already did, you know. But I don't know. I don't know who owns the rights to those movies. I would love to see. I would love to reshoot this. I think this would be a fun movie to reshoot. I, I you know. would make a great Gloria, uh, uh, Golden Ruby. You're tall. No. <laughs> well, no, you're saying like, okay, I thought you meant like the way that they did it, where it's just redub it. No, no, no. I mean, redo the whole thing. Nah. I, I think I that'd be fun. It, it's a different time, man. It, 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 it encapsulated that time. I like that time. I don't think anyone today could, could do it justice. Like, even if you think you could, you, it, it just, it wouldn't be the same. It'd be a di we live in a different world now. We do. And that, that movie's a lot more innocent. Yes. We would have to make it non-innocent and take out the fun. I don't know. I think you could do it, but it would be so difficult. And I, the reason I say that, because I don't know if you all have seen The Artist. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, would you ever think, before watching that, would you ever think that you could do a silent black and white no. movie in modern times? They were able to do it. Other than silent movie. And the, they were able to, but it, you have to approach it very, very carefully. Sure. And, you know, and that, they were able to do it very similar, but there were some little modern filmmaking. But, you know, it's it's a nice combination. I think you could do something like this, but it, it would be very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. You know. Maybe. Uh, it, I, it, I, I not something well, I can do, definitely. Oh, you'd make a great Gloria. Uh, yeah, golden yeah. Ruby. You'd make a great Golden Ruby. Yeah. We just have to yeah. dye your hair red. She's <laughs> no. you're asking so much of I know. I know. She just she just wants to come in here. You're gonna scare her off. <laughs> come here anyway. Well, and you're you're not quite six foot, but you're you gotta be what, five ten? No? Yeah. You're pretty tall. I never made it up that tall. Okay. I played volleyball. I was determined to hit six foot. Never happened. Oh. That's okay. We'll, we'll put you on some six inch heels. So that's okay. I thought you were going to say stilts or something. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. But it's, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I Like I said, this is a good intro movie uh, when you're sort of testing out people and you kind of want to show them the stinky movie. See, I. <laughs> My problem is, is sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I jump right into Sex Squatch and I freak people out and then they're like, yeah, we don't want to ever see this again. So early on, I kind of learned, okay, take it gentle. You didn't learn it very well. I know. Because <laughs> the first one you showed her was Suburban Sasquatch. Oh, come on. That was cute. I mean, Muffy. That's, that's a little bit of a hard movie to like, introduce somebody to. <laughs> But I don't know. I like. I love Suburban Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. Madeline Deering it's loves great. Suburban. She just bought the Blu-ray. You know, nice. Oh God, I need to get it on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yes. I swore up and down I would never get stinky movies on Blu-ray. I only wanted them for the really good movies. <laughs> <laughs> eh, incorrect. Well, now that they're all coming out, you know, sure. Right. Might as well. Might as well. I mean, you just upgrade it from your, you know, your DVD. Um, I mean, imagine the beauty of a film like this in crisp, clear Blu-ray. I mean, 4K. I mean, how, how, how gorgeous would that be? I don't think this is a 4K. You get to see the real string on that plastic bat that the mummy turns into. Oh, God. <laughs> they, they would just, if this were like a George Lucas situation, he would just re-digitize the bat. Imagine how glorious Miss Werewolf will be in, in Blu-ray. <laughs> Your silence. I guess. Oh, Lord. You know, you're saying it wouldn't help, huh? No, absolutely no, well, not. There are certain no, movies, certain not. movies that's not going to help a whole heck of a lot. But yeah, so that's that's about it. For that's this about one. it for this one. Yeah. I thought we were going to be able to stretch it for five more minutes, but uh, I will no. say, was, wasn't that bad. My, besides the jarring, jarringness, whatever, of the switch in the music, mm -hmm. just that total lack of coherency at the end right. got me. And up until that point, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. If, if you were okay. someone that yeah. needs a very tight, tidy A to B to C plot line, 
you mean not... just a plot line? <laughs> <laughs> There's a plot line. It just it's secondary to the entertainment part of this film, which is a the fighting and b the music. That's kind of where I think this the strength and where they were really pushing this particular film, this version of the film, whereas the original was more about the plot and about all that stuff. And, you know, I think they may have thought, especially the Rhino people later on, that modern people looking at a lot of this wrestling, because there's a lot of wrestling that was cut out from the original too, that we would get bored. And I think we kind of would. There's, oh, yeah. Because it's just the same stuff. And how much are you going to see? And it's very staged. So it doesn't really have the kind of entertainment value for us now that it would have in Mexico in 1962, where it was a big deal. And it's also, unless you're into wrestling. Unless you're into wrestling, You right. know, even modern wrestling, it's, eh. If you're into it, you're into it. You but but even, if not, then it holds itself. Even so, I think people who are into modern wrestlers are, are do so because of the people, the characters, the oh, wrestlers yeah. themselves. So... Going back and yeah. seeing people from 1962 is probably not going to float their boat much, mm -hmm. I would think. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, there's more wrestling in some of these things in some of the Santo movies, which I find kind of fascinating. Now, you know? In the original Wrestling Women movie, it says that the, uh, that the mummy could turn into a snake for that. That's another part that got cut out. There's a little... Part. So there's snake, spider, and bat. Yeah. So you just get turned into whatever you want to do. Right, right, right. Well, and that's in the very beginning where he, when remember when they're talking about his, you know, the the I forget his name, not Popoka, that was the name of the mummy that he became, but what he was before him was some kind of a sorcerer, and why they covered his eyes because so apparently his they magic. Didn't explain? Did they explain that? I know they. Yeah. I remember them saying they covered his eyes because his eyes held his power. Right. But I. Like he's got powers. Yes. So that <laughs> was one of that, that was one of his things is that he could change yeah. himself into various animals. Not that it really helps you much, but he could do that. And so he didn't. In other words, he didn't become a mummy and gain those powers. Those are the powers he had before he became a mummy. And being a mummy, he didn't lose them. Okay. Except when they put a cape over him. Yeah. Remember, there's at one point where they're they're. Oh, no, I guess it's after they knocked the spider off of right. Charlotte. They covered, and then I guess they changed back to the mummy? Right, and he, okay. for whatever reason, he could have changed into a bat or a snake or a penguin and something and gotten away, but he didn't. By the way, interesting tidbit. They changed the name of Tom, Tommy and Charlotte's the Americanized name. Their right. original name uh, for the characters are Sheila or Sheila or whatever it is, C-H-E-L-A. That was the Charlotte. Hmm. And uh, uh, was it Tommy? Was Chucho Gomez. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess they now, decided okay. to, Because all the other names were very, uh, you know, American sounding, you know, like Ruby, even though it's far R U B E uh, I instead of R U B Y. Right, because of the jewel, the Ruby. Yeah. I think. But I guarantee you that was a K. Gordon Murray change. Because that's that's exactly the kind of things he would do is when he would get these these Mexican movies is he would Americanize them as much as possible. So I'm sure that's what what you know he did and then carried over to the Rhino version. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, I, didn't, I, I Charlotte and Tommy were my favorites. I have to show you guys the Mexican Puss in Boots movie that K. Uh, Gordon Murray ended up stealing and balderizing and for putting out for little kids in the 60s. It is a bomb. Oh, it's, wow. one, it's one of Gary's favorite stinky movies of all time because it's so bad. It doesn't make it any better. <laughs> oh, believe me, you're just going to laugh at it. It's so ridiculous. And it's, and it's all a bunch of small people in little little furry costumes oh, running God. around. It's... I don't want to watch a furry film. <laughs> <laughs> bad. Oh, your furry fetish film. Yeah. It's like they have conventions for those now. Do they? Furry conventions? I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm never invited to any of them, so I'm happy about that. You want to see me up for it? Yeah, the K. Gordon Murray, I mean, that was that was the thing in the 50s and 60s, was just finding cheap, cheap, cheap movies cheap, from cheap, other cheap, places cheap. and then doing the bare minimum, Americanizing stuff, and then throwing them out there on the kiddie circuit. And uh, that's how he made his bones. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So I... 
I guess we're right around that time where we can start talking about scoring this film. Um, for those of you who uh, have been with us for the beginning, you understand that we use our stinkometer, but we're going to explain it for the folks who are joining us for the first time, that we score our movies on a 1 to 10 score, where the lower the number, the better the movie is, and the higher the number, the stinkier the movie is. And, you know, because Moody and I are basically crap hounds and we love stinky movies and things that are terrible, being a stinky movie isn't necessarily a bad thing in our book, but usually if it's getting a 10, it's because their movie had a lot of problems. Sound problems, lighting problems, acting problems, directing problems, uh, you name it. And then we take our three scores from our three viewers and we total it up and we see where it lands on the ladder of stink and if it ascends into the stinky heavens along with the likes of Neil Breen and uh, David the Rock Nelson and Getty the... Did we show you Getty? I forget. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> she wants to forget it. She wants to get even with I us. I have blocked me. things from my memory. That was the... See, there's at least there was no country western singing in this film. When we think about that, it's a plus. <laughs> it was surf music. It was rock, a bit rocky surf music. I don't know if that makes it better, but all right. So anyway, um, who would like to go first and score the movie? Not it. All right, I'll go. Um, so this was sort of a tough one at times. I was wavering between uh, three to six, you know-ish, um, because even though it, it does have its little problems, uh, you know, with it, um, I think the charmingness of the movie, sort and cuteness of the movie, sort of uh, outweighed it. So I, I, I decided to go with a four. You know, I, I think I've been scoring all last few movies fours. You know, mm -hmm. or whatever, a bunch of them. So I don't know, it's just a four. You know? Okay. Um, what about you, Paul? Um, I, I probably like it a little bit more than you, and probably a little bit more than most people. Like I said. <laughs> I bought this movie in 1986, so it kind of has a special place in my heart because it's one that I've had for a long time. And it is a movie that I used to turn my friends on to every now and again and just say, hey, check this one out. And it's you said Gary hasn't seen it? Oh, yeah. He's seen oh, he's seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was like the perfect movie if you have a bunch of friends and you have some you know, pizza and you sit around and it's just one of maybe three or four movies you put on and it's just part of a fun night. So for me, you know, I might have a little bit more of a bias towards it, but uh, it does have problems. There are definitely stinky issues with this particular film, even though I think the acting is pretty good and the direction is actually, for Renee Cardona film, this is actually pretty good. The sets are actually kind of interesting, um, especially when they, you know, that, that part with the Aztec ceremony, that is... I want to say it's stock footage, but it's it's footage that is reused over and over and over. And yeah, lot. it felt like it felt stock. Yeah, it, it's been reused over and over in a lot of films, so it's pretty familiar. But otherwise, it's pretty good, and we are missing large chunks of the film too. So I can't really. You yeah, know, the original is like an hour and twenty-five. Minutes. Yeah, I can't I can't hold it against this version of it because, like I said, they're going for the fisticuffs and fun music. So for me, it's a three and a half. It definitely has some entertainment value. It's cute with a little bit of stink and definitely some problems. Okay, <laughs> so right. it's up to it's you, up Jen. Jen. Okay, so I am rating this version because I do like older movies and they do tend to be slower movies. Mm -hmm. The plot is very plodding until a certain point and then that's when all the action happens and then the movie ends. That's just the style of movies so for this version uh i'm going for a six okay because the the jarringness of the music like if they would have continued this beach rock and roll music into other parts of the movie it would have been better for me mm. and the like jumbleness and lack there of the plot at the end really annoyed me like even if it was a bad plot mm -hmm. that's one thing but it, it just did not make any kind of sense it feels like they all kind of gave yeah. up yeah yeah and it, it felt like the scenes were out of order mm -hmm. we're just gonna throw it in here and get this done i'm tired of it you know it's like that 
project you do for school and you're really excited and you do a great job and then it's like the night before and you have to finish it and you're like we're just gluing things on and glitter and it sparkles and it's done yeah, and I'm I'm not yeah. surprised because I remember in Ratfinger Boo Boo, you didn't really like the tonal shift that it was yeah. kind of jarring for you then. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not surprised that the modern surfy music was kind of jarring for you here. Yeah. Like I said, if it had continued, that wouldn't have been so bad. But it went back to that '60s organ horror movie kind of sound. Oh yeah. Different. At one point, you were just like, "Where's the surf music?" It didn't mm -hmm. feel like. Yeah, I felt yeah, they weird. had one fight where they didn't do the surf sick. Okay. Well, and but you were right. The acting wasn't bad. The the initial, the beginning part, minus music, wasn't bad. It was very much that done in that style, mm -hmm. you know. And so I actually probably would have enjoyed the original <laughs> more than this version. Well, but I'm also used to and I enjoy older slip. And here, here's my question. If the Rhino folks had decided to have done this more, say, along the lines of What's Up Tiger Lily, where they just removed everything and then put in all their own silly jokes and, and music and stuff, would that have been better? I haven't seen that one, so I don't know. Okay. Which one? What's Up Tiger Lily? Um, I'm, it's been so long since I've seen it. it was like, <laughs> I was like a kid when I watched it, so I have no idea. Um, probably... I would be weird, you know. I don't know. But see, I didn't find the dialogue until the end. Mm -hmm. I didn't find the dialogue that weird. I didn't right. find it bad. I thought there you were know. parts of it that were weird, but they yeah, kept a couple comments or things. They kept again, most of the K. Gordon Murray. I was gonna say again, translation. Attribute it to being an older movie, mm -hmm. being in that style, you know. Uh, yeah, so yeah. that's it. I'm throwing it in a six for this version. Okay, well, that's fair. Um, but just to answer my own question, I'm kind of glad that they sort of kept most of the, of the not to say the original, but they kept most of the K. Gordon Murray version of the original mm -hmm. because it just kind of was fine on its own. And mm -hmm. when they added the weird dialogue, like the, the Limburger cheese and the... Uh, oh, these guys have to watch the movie all over again. That, yeah, that one. the Limburger cheese and like some of his dialogue, I was like, well, that's, you know, stupid comic mm. relief. And I could see that his character. Yeah, his character that, saying it, that stuff. It fit him as that you know, slapsticky kind of thing. So I was like, eh, okay. So this is a 13.5, right? And uh, on the okay. Ladder of Stink, which I don't know if you, are you familiar with the Ladder of Stink? Because... Paul, told you much about that? Is this something new? Uh, no, no. He's been doing it for a little bit of time. but So the ladder of stick is basically uh, where uh, they total, we total all the stuff up, and then Paul will put it into like a ladder that goes up to Stinky Heaven. So like, uh, where the 30s live. Yeah, where okay. the 30s live. Okay. And so it's so just a ranking. So it's a ranking. And okay. yep. 13.5 is also where Vampires Kiss is that's the only other one that's 13.5 so that's too late Alba. too <laughs> late it's much too late so it's uh it's sort of funny that i don't i don't know if the, those are similar type of movies <laughs> that's what got a 13.5 as well but hey you know you mentioned about how we started off the year with some low scoring movies and this is continuing it because we we had a lot of tens in uh, season five. Mm -hmm. We did, so. and um, I think uh, and that was because we did have three episodes, and now we have four episodes, so we may have, still have a lot of tens uh, oh, yeah, this, you know, <laughs> this year, but, uh, you know, yeah, you know, Paul, Paul wanted to start off nice. I wanted to be nice to Joe. You wanted to be nice to Jen, and, uh, and we were both apparently nice. I was apparently nice to James L. Edwards. I was not. Right. I thought he was gonna hate it right. and everything. You're gonna whatever. And he he loved um uh what's the one shit um god damn it um my head is not working right now um you you were just there. I know, but it's more fun to see you twisted. Oh the stop stop you <laughs> right. Do you even remember what it was? No, I don't remember anything. I'm lucky I remember my name on a daily basis. Uh, I have to have it squeaked to me by the monkey. Oh, Twisted Justice. Twisted Justice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, once again, because the last couple of movies I showed him, he just hated. 
you know, and you. Well, it's funny. James L. Edwards, he likes stinky movies to a point. He doesn't like them too stinky. So, oh. yeah. So I, he liked this one when we were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was fun. So there you go. That was fun. Yeah. That was cute. Again, made to be a fun musical kind of thing, not horror movie. Clearly, this was not going to work as a horror movie. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, kids. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Jen, as always. Yeah. And, um, you had a bribe with cookies. I, so yeah. Good. Did you even eat one? Not yet. Oh, well. We're recording. Yeah. I won't sit there munching over a microphone. <laughs> Doesn't stop me, generally speaking. I know. <laughs> she had to put up her audio. More like, I'm more considerate for the... That's because she had to edit our <laughs> early versions of our movie or yes. our podcast. Yes. So you're like, oh, God, you're chewing. Stop chewing so much. Chewing and drinking and opening the sodas and slamming things on the table, putting things on the table. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. We're uh, savages. Yes. But thank you all very much. And please join us next time for our next thrilling, interesting, and fun episode. Don't know what it'll be. Don't know who's got it, but I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> and we will see you on the flip side. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah.